Blog Talk Radio. Sometimes discouraged, but not defeated. Cast down, but not destroyed. There are times. Don't understand, but I believe it's turning around for me. I've had struggles and disappointments. There are times I felt so alone. Some of my friends say, let me down, but I still believe it's turning around for me, around for me, around for me, around for me, it's turning around. Just say it into the atmosphere. Around for me. <laughs> around for me. Turning around. Turning around for me. Cause I can see the breaking. I can see the breaking of day. God is. God is making no way. Change is coming for me. If I stay strong. I know he's working it out And it's turning around This is the good news And it won't always be like this He will perfect that concern It'll turn in my
that, just lift your hands to the atmosphere and claim your season to turn around. We're grateful because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. 
And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord. Where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us uh, than he that is within this world, God. Uh, we know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, uh, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, uh, and you're no short of your promise, Lord, uh, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Uh, touch us on today, Lord. Uh, we need your light never before. Uh, fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, uh, and give us a refilling, Lord, uh, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord. Huh? God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord, uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find, God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you. Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know.
know, God, you're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth. And give the Lord some praise. Yeah. 
Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I am a working woman. I get things done. Work for the Holy Ghost. Work for the Son. I am a working woman. Oh, yes, I am. I'm a special agent of the Lamb. And let me tell you, anywhere that a door open, I have a big mouth, so I am going to testify of his goodness. Hallelujah. Talk of his wondrous works and make known his deeds among the people. Hallelujah. That's a fun song right there. I need a tambourine and I need a drum and I need some hands clapping. Yeah, and I help them with it. I'll be part of the band. <laughs> yeah, using my instrument. Hallelujah. We thank God for another Friday. Today is March the 24th, Friday. 2023, so we thank God for another week ending. He has brought us all the way up this week into this present time, and we are grateful unto him. We appreciate him, and we love him today, and uh, we are so thankful that he leads in God and that he uses us in his service to be a blessing unto his people. I heard a song. It was a circle of song. I can't quite remember who wrote it. Uh, even who sang it. But they sang the song and it says, where's the love? Where is the love? That come to me strong this morning for the church. And I'm not talking about the building where we go to praise and worship. We are the church. We are that church that God is coming back looking for. So church, where is the love? Where do we show love? Is it just with our church family, our friends, our biological family? Is this as far as it's extended? We should show love to everybody, and especially other members of the household of faith. What that means is other churches, other church-going people, people that say they are believers, people that say they believe in God, and especially if you can see some sign in that. Sometimes we out and about and people will come along and speak in your life. Strangers, where is the love? How do we show love? Remember, we learned that in order to obtain friends, one must show himself friendly. And sometimes we just want people to be blessed. Anybody want people to be blessed? I do. On the job, you're doing something to call somebody else. To be blessed, even if it's just the company, you know, members or staff members or the owner of the company. We're doing something, uh, even if it's no more than giving a good day's work for a good day's pay. Yeah, we're doing something to cause people throughout our day to be blessed. Remember, God loves a cheerful giver. So when we see other believers, we want to speak to them and show kindness, show love. But God is love. If we got him, we ought to be showing love everywhere we go. Yeah. Is it the Black Eyed Peas, Brother Louis? I can't. I don't think it is because the song says, "Where is the love?" Da 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 da. da. Where is the love? I can't remember who it is. But anyway, we thank God that He is able to bring us together. And if more of us thought like this, instead of thinking and judging each other, we would be better off. But the Baptist is judging the, the, the people that's calling themselves the Holiness Church or the Pentecost or the Apostolic. 
and the apostolic and the Pentecostal is judging the Baptist and the Methodist church. And we just got a bunch of separation. But if we could get past that and come together in love. See, he told us to love, not like the world love. And see, many of us, we're loving like the world love because we judge it. And we can't see God in this person for looking at the way that they believe. Yet they believe Jesus is the son of the true and living God. And yet they believe that God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. We believe the same thing, but we may carry out what they call the doctrine different. I don't have to be at your church every Sunday. I don't have to come over there on Wednesday. I'm not back over there on Friday. I don't come over there for Saturday, nothing. Usher meeting, uh, usher rehearsal, choir, I don't have to be there. But I must love you. If he said I'm supposed to love my enemies, and he said I'm supposed to love, thank you, Roberta Flack and Donnie, ha- and jo- Donnie, Donnie Hathaway. I remember that now. Yeah, where is the love? Thank you, Sian. I believe had for 2 o'clock. They may have sung it too. Black Eyed Peas may have sung it too. But uh, uh, Johnny, I mean, um, what the girl name? Uh, half the way in them was the original ones that I heard saying it. Yeah, I don't know who wrote it now. Could have been uh, uh, Tallulah Clark could have wrote it. Black Eyed Peas grabbed onto it and half the way Roberta Flack and half the way uh, grabbed it too. Yeah. But where is the love, saints of God, people of God, believers, Christians? Where is the love that you're displaying? And who are you really displaying love to? Is it just your family, your friends, your church where you attend, people you know, that kind of thing? Or are we wide open showing love to everybody? Do you know I've gotten in trouble Good morning to you. God bless you this morning. Thank you. Roberta Flack and Johnny and Donnie Hathaway. Listen, um, yeah, we, we, we just got to love one another and show one another some love. It, it, again, if he told us to love our enemies, we got to love one another. I, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I, I don't see nothing wrong with getting to know another believer uh, and in their hour of need, we share, we give. Let me tell you, I come from a church like that. I come from a church that the senior bishop, that's what he taught us to do, to love one another. Yeah. And this is what he would do. He would tell me, he would call me and say, hey, hey look here, uh, we got a a sister, a brother, and die straight over here. I said, yeah, what What they need, Bishop? They need some food. They need some groceries. I said, okay. Uh, he said, what you got over there? I said, Bishop, I got $100. He said, okay, I'm coming over there. He'll come and uh, get the money. And then before he get to me, he called another sister and brother, too, and told them the same thing and seen what they had. Look. Some of these people have food stamps. I'm talking about big food stamps. The kind of food stamps where they take the cart in the store and they don't even look at prices. So one of them might have uh, $200 worth of 
with the food stamps left. And you say, well, look, we can use them, but you'll have to come with us and pay for it in the store. He would send the person in the store to get all they need, detergent, bleach, cleaning supplies, food, diapers, formula, whatever you needed. And when you got done, you bring your cart to the front and go, he said, you out the store. Because, see, you ain't going to know the business. You're not going to know who had what. And, and and how it was done. So you couldn't go back and say, the person we bought it for, they couldn't go back and say, <clears throat> well, they, they, they had food stamps. Sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so and get food stamps. No, that, that wasn't your business. You were in dire straight. We loved you. The church loved you. And we come together, those of us that Bishop trust, so that we could bless you. Yeah. So that we could come together. And look, sometimes he would say, well, listen, we're going to meet back at Sister Barbara's or Evangelist Mac or, or whatever he said. He would have me to cook something quick. I remember a time or two he took my kids down to Popeye's and fed them. They come back with Popeye's chicken. I'm cooking them. Oh, y'all eat that later for dinner, but this is what we're doing right now. Yeah, because he wanted to make sure nobody was still hungry. Nobody was hungry because I'd been to the grocery store. I, I had food now, but wasn't no way to cook it. I mean, cook it that quick. So he just went on down there and got some chicken and biscuits and sides and came on back. That's the way he was because he taught God is love. Love is what love does. And he taught this, if you say you love me, but you see me in dire straight and you won't do nothing for me, and you can, then he said, no, that's not love. It might be something else, but that's not love. Love covers a multitude of sin. I can do you wrong. You're going to make an excuse for me because you love me. I saw it, Brother Lewis. <laughs> hey, bye. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me this morning. So, yeah, that's what we was taught, to love one another, to be givers. Uh, you got a car and you want to trade it in, he taught you to give it, and it'll make your payments lower. So don't trade that car in. It's still running. It needs some minor things done to it. Give it to somebody in the church you know who don't have a car. But they testified that they're praying for one. You give it to them and watch God. The payments would have been 300 and something. But watch God make your payments 200 and he won't stretch it out for six years. Within six years, your car would be paid off. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he used to say within three. Now, if he spoke that, it will surely come into pass. Because we knew God spoke out this man mouth. I mean, letter for letter, word for word. Hallelujah. And so we, whatever he said, God said, we believed it, and we went on on it. Yeah. And God bless. Oh, I could be so many times. Just come here, baby. Let me pray for you. <laughs> That's before he got to know me, know me. Then once he got to know me, we would shut red locks down. Oh, yes, we would. <laughs> 
singing and praying and testifying. Oh, it was a wonderful time wherever we went. We used to travel to follow the bishop wherever he had a preaching engagement, even out of town. And we would get to a red light. And his, his doors would come open. He had a chauffeur. His doors would come open. And the, the chauffeur would get out in the front. Bishop get out in the back. And they both go to dancing right there in the street. Every car behind them would do the same thing. We all would get out and just praise God. We didn't know why we was praising him, but we was touching and agreeing in the praise with the bishop and the chauffeur. Whatever was going on. Whatever bishop said. The spirit of the Lord had come on him and he had to give God a praise right then and right there. He couldn't hold it. And people used to see us and think we was crazy. Then when he'd get back in his car, everybody get back in their car and the convoy go on. Yeah, all the Tennessee and different places. I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for that kind of ministry. Open. Wasn't no, no lock on it and no uh, church protocol and all of this kind of stuff, and you got to act a certain way, and we gave the house of God reverence. Yes, yes, because we're coming into his presence. We're coming into the presence of a holy God. He taught you all of this. But wasn't no screen on the door to keep the flies and the bugs out. He wanted them to come in. Oh, he... Oh, 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 oh. He used to let me just let, he used to just let God have his way in me. And I would just invite in and everybody. Hey, you got a church hall? They said, no. I said, come over here this Sunday. Let me show you something. And people would show up. And Bishop would be looking at me crazy. And uh, I know what he was thinking of. Barbara Mack, he's bringing these people in here off the street. And, uh, they gonna they gonna talk about us. I don't care what they talk about, Bishop. This the hospital. He started preaching that. Started consulting God. He started seeking God to make sure this is what we were supposed to do. Yeah. So I I, I brought gay men, gay women, anybody who was willing to come, y'all come on. Cause I knew once they got to the hospital, God was gonna heal. You hear me? Man with AIDS. I invited him. He didn't come on purpose. I didn't know it, but he was living in an empty building way down the street from the church. And late at night, around 11 o'clock, 10 or 11, he heard the noise. And he come down there and saw the lights on in the building. He come to see what was going on and got healed of AIDS. Bishop said, Barbara Mack, take him down in the basement and pray for him. Now, look, he, Bishop didn't even know I had met this man earlier. And the man was great. But I didn't see that until later on. When I first met him, it was a bunch of people. And I began witnessing to him. And people were withdrawing themselves away from him, turning their nose up. I could care less, honey. And I had no idea God was going to use me to pray with this man. Look at him. And Bishop specifically called me out because I had met him before. But how did Bishop know? He didn't. Only God did. So God used Bishop to have me to go down in the basement, pray with this man. When we come up out that basement, he said, sir, come here. The man walked over there. He said, you've been diagnosed with AIDS. My eyes got big. I never know nobody that I know, you know, was close to Ryle who had AIDS. 
He said, you got a, an appointment this Tuesday at 10 o'clock, I think he told him, 9 or 10. He said, but listen, when you go back, the doctor going to tell you they can't find what they was finding. And look, his color was coming back as Bishop was talking to him. He was turning back brown because he was gray. Hands gray, face gray, neck ears, eyes weird looking, yellow looking or something. And when Bishop started praying for him, the color started coming right there in front of the church. See, that was realness right there. Something was going on with you, he could tell you. Lots of people were seeking him, and he would be ducking and dodging. <laughs> said, Barbara, back, I can't talk to them. I said, what's going on, Bishop? He said, uh, Barbara, they in the midst of a punishment trial. I said, punishment? He said, yeah, God told him, don't do this, don't do it. He told them and explained it to them, and they decided to make it, you know, they think they, they went on and did what they want to do. Now they want to seek me to see if God will speak through my mouth to them. He said, now, Barbara, I can't do it. And the Lord shut it down. He said, no, don't even talk to him. I say, what? He said, yeah. I got to experience a lot of things he said. A lot of things he taught me, showed me. Yeah. I can remember I left there. Oh, I was praying for these people and praying for these people. And the Lord said, how long are you going to mourn for them? I done did this and that. Get up. Go on. I had to stop the prayer. Yeah. So they, 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 they wasn't going to obey God. He knew that. See, he knew they weren't going to obey. He knew they was not going to change their minds. See, if that was a possibility that they was going to change and change, well, change their minds so that they can change their actions, he would have allowed it to continue. But he saw this is not what's going to happen. Get up. <laughs> In other words, you could be praying for somebody and something that's going to change. These people are not. Yeah. And I could remember certain times people would dance before the Lord because they wanted the blessings of God. They wanted the, the praising to get what they wanted, but they was not going to live according to his word. They were just going to praise him because when the praises go up, the blessings of God come down. So they were just going to praise their way through, you know. But I got to live my way through. I got to live right daily and walk my way through in the spirit, the spirit of God, yeah, the Holy Ghost. I'm going to walk my way through because he's going to lead and guide me into what's true, what's right, what I need to do, what would keep me safe. So where is the love today? Who have the love? Who's willing to love? Who's willing to show love? I can remember people condemning me for dealing with these people, and I kept behind their back. I kept, I didn't tell them, hey, I'm still over there. I didn't say a word. I just kept doing what I would do, what God would have me to do. I just kept right on. Then they got to see the people come out in the fullness of God. Then they want to embrace them. Yeah, now they want to embrace them. You, you said they was crazy. Uh, something wrong with them. They just wanted to show love. But God is love. You, you're not used to people showing you love because you don't show none. So when people come along showing love, you don't know what it is. You call it crazy. Uh-huh. 
But if we keep on keeping on, keep showing love, somebody coming to Jesus. Over in the prayer club, the prayer request club, I'm constantly trying to show we need to pray, all of us, each of us, not just come for a prayer. It's all right to come for a prayer because we all need it. Daily, all day, I need you praying for me. But we shouldn't just come for prayer, but we should pray for others. And this show, God, we're not a selfish people. It's not just about me and mine. But I see other people are in dire straits. I see other people over here in need. And not just not just only the church folks, the believer, the Christian, the, the saints of God, not just for them only, but we all, the, the world need prayer. Those in the world, they need prayer. Young men and young women today, if ever there was a people who needed prayer, it's this younger generation. Lord, have mercy. They follow the world, and the world is blind. So where are we going? Where, where are all of us going? In the ditch? And sometimes you fall in a ditch, you break a leg, break your neck, break your back. We all gonna be a loaded by together. And so if we get over the loaded bar and nobody care about us, God don't put us on somebody hard, we'll remain in loaded by. If God heal you, you was a cripple, but he doesn't heal you, come on up out of loaded bar. You'll come up out of that. But somebody got to be praying for you. you but but the way they action is today, a lot of older people say, oh, no, let them go ahead on, honey. It's the worst I ever saw. Them demons working in them. They're not going to change, but I can't say that. All I can do is pray for them and keep it moving. I try not to offend them, pray for them and keep it moving. Yeah. But many times back in the day, this haven't been that long ago, 2010, uh, 13, 14, 15, I could go to them and say, hey, y'all cut that foolishness out. But today you got to be careful. You trying to break up foolishness and save them and spare them and they kill you. So we can, in a lot of cases, we can just pray for them and keep it moving. Hallelujah. Prayer can do what you can. Yeah, I know uh, uh, we feed people, you know, and everything, but yet you got to pray for them. Because after they eat that sandwich you gave them or the bowl of soup and some crackers or bread you gave them, then what? What's going to happen for them later on? That's a one-time deal. But if you keep the prayer going for the homeless, the hungry, the sick, the widows, the elderly, bereaved families, the military, those that are incarcerated, families near and far, friends. After you keep these prayers going, guess what happens? God keeps the people going. And eventually they get a change of mind. I know people have come back and say, you know what? I know you prayed for me. And that prayer continued to bless me because I continue to thank God for that prayer. Lord, I thank you for hearing that prayer. And it keep on blessing me. But where's the love this morning? Who's praying for who? We see the homeless people. Uh, we see dirty people. And we just all back. 
Oh, we can't get close to them. They come to church. Oh, we don't want them near us. That's the pastor job. Where is the love? That's your job. Where is the pastor shouldn't even get a chance to get to them because so much love is in there. So a bunch of y'all covering them. And he said, no need for me to go down. I'm going to just stand here and pray for them all. Pray for the person homeless or hungry and pray for my flock. And God has made me the shepherd over. I'm going to pray for everybody. So look at them. But you got to teach this. People don't know if you don't teach them. Where's the love? I, I find myself with more patience than I ever thought I would need. Listen, let me tell you. You can't come here and expect me to move you in the Holy Ghost. A- a- expect me to brighten your day and to put you where you need to be. It's got to be something in you if you say you're a believer. I ain't talking about to the unsaved now, because they're they going to come looking for something to excite them and entertain them, because they don't know any better. But those that say they're a believer, I have the Holy Spirit. I know God, and I'm praying and all of this. You truly got to have something in you. You truly got to have the Spirit of God that's resting and ruling in you. And you got to allow, if not, you, you, you'll never be satisfied because you, you don't have what it takes to be satisfied. Apostle Paul said, whatever state you find yourself in, be content. We can't be content. Many can't because the spirit is not living in them and dwelling richly. See, when the spirit of God is in you and dwelling richly, no matter what come your way, the word going to come up. No matter what come your way, you're going to call on the name of Jesus. Yeah, he's a strong tower. He's got all power because the father is on his side. The father allowed him to go down in hell and conquer and rise with all power. Jesus, the son of the true and living God. But when we're not doing these things and we got our eyes in the world and we following what they say and we believe in what they say, they can say what they want. I serve a risen Savior. I serve the true and living God that have all power. We call him Jehovah, but let me tell you, there really is too many names to call him. Yeah, there really is. I, I was listening to the preacher yesterday, Dr. Philip Jackson. I was listening to him, and there is too many names for him. He's my all in all. All is his name to me because he takes care of all of it. He takes care of everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All with a capital letter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But we got to give him something. We got to get him in us, in our hearts, living daily. And let nothing else live in there but goodness, the goodness of him. But see, we still doing some of the same things we did back in the day. That means he's not in there. Or we do a good talk. You hear what you say, but he's looking at what you're doing. And people do the same thing. They hear what you say, but they're looking at what you're doing. If women did men like that, they would be in a better position today. 
oh, baby, I hear what you're saying, but the way you treat me don't say what you, it, it don't tell me what you're saying is the truth. You say you love me, but you treat me bad. You say you love me, but you can't keep your eyes off other women. That, that, that's not love. I'm not all yours. Yeah. Hear what they say, but watch what they do. It'll tell a big story. They told me, watch the pastor. Why? When the pastor up preaching, it's going to tell you who he truly is. And I went to a church one Sunday, and I, I got to do that, and it was obvious. The wife was like, she was in shock at what he was saying he did and what he does. Because none of that was true. He'd get home and wild out. You don't have real faith in God. At least the thing happened. He fall apart, but the wife is praying, keeping it together. Yeah, so it told me a story. And I got to talk with her in the office, and God began to speak out my mouth. That woman was jumping up and down, having a fit, that she was opening a school, first a kindergarten through 12th grade. And she said they didn't have the money. But what God spoke, that she said, yeah, that's what I did. So that's coming through. No way you could have known that. Yeah. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. And and see, because when God speaks, we want to hold people to it. I'm not holding you to saying nothing to me what I'm going to do. Because I've had a lot of false prophets that come to me and I say this. I say, Lord, you heard what they said for me. And I know they're lying. I said, but Lord, make it good. Lord, you make it. What they spoke, God, do it for me. And how about he come right in and do it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I learned that over the years. Speak what you want on me. And if you speak anything negative, I'm going to bind it up and cast it to the pit of hell in Jesus' name. And I'm going to ask the Lord to rebuke it for my sake. Hallelujah. And it's a good day still. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, we got Dr. Evie Hill this morning, and uh, he's going to make you laugh a lot today. But he's bringing a message that talks about Joseph's seat. Everybody wanted his seat. But I want to tell you this morning what Joseph went through to get that seat. I don't know if you want to do that. The, the, the coat of many colors, Jesus. The, the Joseph that the daddy loved him so much, that was his baby boy. And the brother sold him into slavery. He ended up in Potiphar's house, left there and ended up in prison, and then left there and ended up the closest thing that he could be to being a king. Yeah, Joseph's seat. Many want it. Dr. E.B. Hill going to tell you about, be careful telling your dreams and your visions this morning. And be careful how you tell them. <laughs> uh, I, I want you to hear it. It's just too funny. It is too funny, but it is so true. It is so true. Yeah, I, it reminds me, I, I got a cousin in Atlanta and on net. And she used to tell me, she said, you know what? Oh, you love God. She said, and I never met nobody like you before. Man, you joke and you laugh. She said, but you love God. It's real. That thing touched me. She gave me a note, a letter, rather, and told me, read it on the way back to Jacksonville. Don't read it while I was in Atlanta. I said, okay. But she told me the truth in that letter because I told her the truth. She wanted to talk to me about some things, personal things in her life. And I had to tell her the truth. Yeah. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. 
But listen, we're going to uh, this one song, and uh, then we're coming back with uh, Pastor E.B. Hill and Joseph C. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. So let's go to this one this morning. Listen, for those of you that are going through, for those of us that are waiting on his promise, understand God has not forgotten you. When times get tough, you got to look up to heaven and encourage yourself and say,
pray that it would please you to please let us preach, not for fame nor reputation, but to the end that someone will be shown the way through thy word. Someone will believe and be saved and be strengthened. But we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, I'm glad to be back here again. <laughs> it is a joy and a privilege for me to again come to what I call the intensive care ward of the United States, Washington, D.C. <laughs> It is one of the two eastern cities that I could live in if I just had to. And I thank God I don't have to. <laughs> I had some friends of mine last week to call me and tell me to look on television and see the people sleeping, I mean, uh, resting out on the lawns in Washington in 80 degree weather. I said, that's only indicative that God is going to hit them this year with a whammo. And I woke up this morning and I said, there it is. <laughs> Trying to play like they were California last week. <laughs> and what a joy it is for me to come to God's happy house, Evangelical te Evangelist Temple, here where the Lord's, uh, one of the Lord's choice families have been placed here by God to minister, to carry on, to give leadership. I certainly want to begin by saying to uh, Bishop Mears, uh, I see that it is true that when you're no longer the active pastor per se, you don't lose your hair and you get fat. <laughs> I noticed Don's hair's coming out, Virgil's hair's coming out. <laughs> And I notice you're doing well. <laughs> Reminds me of a Baptist preacher who was about 70 years old, and he said, I'm, I'm feeble now, and I must get a young man full of vim, vitality, vigor, to carry on. So this young man became his associate, and he was, oh, I'm going to carry on. I'm... And a few years later, <clears throat> the older gentleman, uh, was standing straight, hair black, walking with, and the young fellow. <laughs> but I noticed Brother Don is kind of. <laughs> but boy, it will happen to you. But what a wonderful family, and let's welcome uh, Sister Mayor. We are glad to see you. God bless you. And Cynthia, wherever you are, the, the daughter, I believe it's Cynthia, isn't it? Yeah, I got them all. This is a wonderful family. Now, there's a lot of crazy talk going on in the country about this is nepotism, this is uh, family dominance. I think it's uh, a gift of God. I, uh, it used to be wonderful when Ever you see Robinsons and Son, Williamsons and Son, Boise and Son, uh, because that was a son following in the step of his dad, a daughter following in the step. Now everybody's so jealous of families when we ought to be pulling together. We ought to be, we ought to be honoring what we're kicking. And thank God for the mere family. God bless you and God keep you and just keep on keeping on. 
Now to all of you who have gathered, all of you uh, people of God, I am glad to be here. Then several years, one year I just ran out of gas. I just couldn't get here. Just When a car doesn't have no gas, you just can't make it go. <laughs> and uh, then uh, the Lord took a uh, baby home, and uh, I've had to take several years to kind of recuperate and lose weight because they don't marry you now if you're too fat. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to be attractive. I told my church Sunday I was fixing to take my last Eastern swing before I made up my mind. So uh, do I look all right? My cat my cat heard me saying on the telephone that I was uh, going to get married this year. Now my cat, the minute I open the door, he runs in, he jumps up in the bed, and he gets up in my chest, and he jumps up and down, and, and he paw, hits me with his paw. We just have a fine fellowship. But uh, he heard me say I was going to get married. He hadn't had anything to do with me for the last week. <laughs> he won't even come into the room with me. So I went out and told him, I said, now, fool, you a boy, and I'm a boy. <laughs> I said, both of us need some satisfaction. <laughs> so yesterday, before I left, he came in the room. <laughs> So it's a joy for me to be here. I'm particularly happy to see you studying. <clears throat> and here I saw all of the workshops. I was very blessed by being, and you must get that tape if you don't already have it, the message of Don, Pastor Don, this morning. I was blessed to have heard it. It's a good thing to see preachers studying. Uh, there was a Texas evangelist uh, who was quite a preacher, and he took horse, and he went to a doctor, and he said, Now, doctor, look, I'm preaching in this revival, and Satan has afflicted my throat, and I want something to knock it out right away, because the people are coming, and sinners are being converted. And so the doctor said, All right, I'll help you now. Uh, let your pants down. He said, let my pants down? What for? He said, well, I want to give you a shot in your hip. No, no, don't bother my hip because I stomp and I walk from side to side. I can't use no lame hip. <laughs> he said, all right, <clears throat> roll up your sleeves. He said, what for? He said, I want to give you a shot in your arm. He said, no, sir, don't talk about my arms because I point at sinners when I preach and I don't want no lame arm. <laughs> And the doctor, being a little frustrated, he said, Now, is there any part of you that uh, you don't use when you preach? He thought, and he said, Yeah, if you could shoot it right up here. <laughs>
He said, I have never remembered using my head. So it's good to see preachers studying so you can use your head. It's good. I mean, feet are all right and arms are all right, but the head is also important. Turn now with me to Genesis, the 41st chapter. Genesis 41. I want to preach a pastoral sermon to pastors. Those of you who are not pastors and leaders, it's unto you too. The 41st chapter of Genesis, if you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say wait. If you still don't have it, come train you. Let us go to the 39th verse and I do want to read this part of it and Pharaoh said unto Joseph for as much as God has showed thee all this there is none so discreet and wise as thou art thou shalt be over my house And according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Pharaoh said to Joseph, you're going to be in charge of my house. And you are going to rule all of my people. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. The only one greater than you will be me. All of my house, all of my people. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. All of my house, all of my people, all of my land. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vesture of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. That kind of reminds you of the brothers of the day, gold chains. I didn't know they had a text. And he said in verse 43, and he made him ride in the second chariot, right behind Pharaoh, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said, I'm Pharaoh. I don't have to consult with nobody. That sounds like a Baptist preacher talking. 
You shall be over my whole house. You shall have dominion and control of all of my people. Not a person will raise their hand or their foot unless you tell them. You shall have my ring. You shall ride in the chariot next to me, right behind me. And only I am above you. And I want to talk to us for just a, a few moments about what it takes to sit in Joseph's seat. Now, first of all, <clears throat> this uh, seat sounds exactly like what you want. <laughs> Boy, I mean, this is it. I can see some of you all saying, that's exactly what God has told me. I'm going to be over all of the land. I'm going to be over all of the people. I will ride only next to God, my chariot's right behind him. That's a powerful seat, isn't it? And many young preachers across the country, that's their concept of their calling. I remember a young man came to me and told me he had been called to preach, and, I, and my, my, my question is always, how do you know? Why have you been called to preach? And he said, well, I looked in the mirror the other day, and... I look just like Martin Luther King. And I am convinced that I am to lead the black man forward. I said, the only problem is the gospel includes white folks too. You got to include them, it just can't lead the black folk forward. You got to bring everybody forward. And so there is this desire for Joseph's feet. My, what a seat. Fine linen. Gold chains. Gold watches and now brace. I can't hardly get used to the brothers with the bracelets, but I'm a little old-fashioned. But go ahead, don't take them off just because I mentioned them. Chariot right next to the number one. Nobody's voice more significant than yours, but Pharaoh. But God. That's a big seat. Pharaoh's seat. I mean Joseph's seat. That is. Nobody shall raise their hand against you. That is, take it. You want it? Just what you were born for. Joseph's seat. It's amazing to me that nobody ever gets a small calling. Everybody gets a powerful call. Worldwide. 
great big church. Every, every young preacher, and I have, I've licensed now 121 preachers to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not a one of them has ever got a servant calling. All of them got a bishop call. Every one of them. Even those who can't even spell Jesus. Now... Every one of them said, now, now, now God has shown me where thousands of people are coming in. I'm going to be ministering to millions and God has shown me and everybody. And I said, and suppose he doesn't? Okay. Now what do you mean? What do you mean what he doesn't? He's going to do it. Joseph's seat. Powerful. He who sits here is over the land. He who sits here is over the people. He who sits here, no one can raise their hand or foot against it. He who sits here has the ring of authority. He who sits here is in control. He's the viscera of all Egypt. He's in control. Pharaoh will get anyone who touches the one who sits here. This is Joseph's seat. And it's so attractive. And so many men and women have done so many ungodly things to have Joseph's seat. Cut mama's neck, papa's throat, everything. Get in Joseph's seat. But I thought I would uh, tell you today what it costs to sit there. Number one, to sit here, you have to deal with the brothers. You have to deal with the brothers. And I'm sure if there had been sisters, brothers and sisters, you have to deal with the humanity. And Joseph wasn't good at that. First of all, his father made a mistake. And you got to be careful about that yourself. We must be very careful how we deal with our children. We must be very careful that, that we show love and chastisement to all of our children. It is recorded that Joseph was the favorite of Jacob, his father. And Jacob was not wise in that he let it be known that Joseph is my favorite. He's my child of my old age, and I guess it would be my favorite too, but I, that ain't a part of my future marriage plan. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> You'd have to have a nurse if I had a child of this <laughs> He and I both would have to have nurses. <laughs> I have a daughter who's 33. She's an attorney. She is married to an attorney. I have a son who's 23. He's in law school. And his daughter, I mean, and his girlfriend is a pre-law student. So I'll have four lawyers around me, plus I have two grandsons, but they look like they can all preach. 
I'm going to be better than Jim Baker. I'm going to have my own attorneys around me. <laughs> I ain't going to trust none of these other folks. But Joseph, see, in order to sit here, you have to deal with the brothers and the sisters. And one of the problems with Joseph, and you have to watch it, it was known that he was the favorite of his dad. And you've got to be very careful. Because a favorite position can give you a bad disposition. You've got to be careful. Even in the churches, pastors, you've got to be careful as to, now you're going to have favorite members, and you can't help that. No need of being foolish. I have favorite members. I have members who can get to me. I have others who I refer to unnamed committees. <laughs> and don't tell me you don't have no favorite. Folk, folk cussing you and kicking you and then other folk kissing you and helping you, you're going to have some favorites. But you have to even be careful because members will organize against the pastor's favorite members. So you have to be careful. You have to have some visitors by night. Be careful. Second of all, Joseph's greatest problem was he didn't know how to tell his dreams. Now he dreamed what he dreamed. And later on we'll see his dream came true. Mm -hmm. But you've got to know how to handle even what God tells you. Can't just stand up and, say, and the Lord said, but the half of your congregation don't know the Lord. <laughs> that was Pharaoh's problem. You remember? Who is the Lord that I should obey? That's still the question by a lot of deacons today. Who is the Lord that we should obey? The constitution of this church is what we run this church by. About the Lord. This is a corporation. And you got to be careful how you tell your dreams. Now listen to Joseph talking to his brother. I had a dream. And uh, my sheep were tall and straight. And all of y'all's sheep bowed down. <laughs> And then he came back and said, I had even a better dream. The sun, the moon, the stars all bowed down and gave honor to me. You have to be careful how you tell your dream. I want to throw something else in there that doesn't have nothing to do with my sermon. You even have to be careful how you display your blessings. You can't walk in a church where half of the folk on welfare and the others on Skid Row. And you look like you just left Beverly Hills. <laughs> you you got to be careful. I tell all of the young preachers, I'm vice president of the National Baptist Convention, 
we have 32,000 preachers, and I'm one of the vice presidents. And all of the young preachers come to me, and I tell them, you know, be, 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 be careful. Instead of a Mercedes-Benz, buy you a couple of apartments somewhere. So when your anniversary ain't so much, you have something to lay back on. Be careful how you display. Somebody, the Lord is telling me to tell somebody, be careful how you display your blessings. If you have a mink coat on, don't put a stole on top of it. Now you're laughing, but I saw that just three weeks ago. A woman actually had a stole on top of a mink coat. Ring on all ten fingers. Be careful how you display your blessings. Because folk without blessings will organize against you. That's why I wear one pair of shoes at a time. I don't have no green ones and blue ones and everything. I just have this pair right here. This is the only pair. When it turns over and then a hole comes in it, then somebody on the front row said, Pastor, get you some shoes here. <laughs> Word to the wise is sufficient. He didn't know how to tell his dreams, and his telling his dreams provoked jealousy. And you have to be careful. There are things you can do that can provoke people to have nasty attitudes. And so one day, as his daddy sent him out on a spy mission, spy out the brothers and see what they were doing, come back and tell them, you've always been hard on tablets. They said, ah, here comes the dreamer. Here comes this one who we are supposed to all bow to. We're going to show him how we're going to bow. Let's kill him. And it's amazing how much animosity can come up even within a family even within a blood family. My sister, about 15 years ago, offered a man $50 to kill me. It's amazing what can happen with sisters and brothers. It's even more amazing what can happen among the ministry. I have some of my close friends in this town who pastored in this town that won't even come down to my hotel this week and talk to me because I'm down here with Bishop Mears. They say, here, we'll see you when you come town again. <laughs> but this week, you stay with the Mears. Well, I'm glad my license is not defective. <laughs> I have international, worldwide license into all the world to everybody. And I don't let nobody hinder that freedom. And so they said, let's kill him. And then one said, well, let's don't shed blood. They said, put him in a pit and let him dry up. And that whole lot of church folk, they say, 
I don't want no blood on my hand, but uh, starve him to death. <laughs> but God has a way of getting you to where he wants you to be. And it's a strange way. And sometimes it involves the pit. And some of you under my voice right here today, you're not doing so well. Some of you in the pit. You look well because at conventions we're all supposed to look like we're prosperous. Everybody looks like a bishop at a meeting of the bishops. But when you catch cars and planes and go home, and go back to the crisis and back to the contrary spirit. We find ourselves often in pits. But my word is that God has a strange way of getting you to where he wants you to go. Now he's able to just pick you up and put you there. But he has a strange way of picking you up, taking you way over here. Way on over here. Get you lost and then bring you all the way back. And put you down here. So whenever God has you on a long detour, don't panic, don't fret. Just enjoy the ride. So they put him in the pit and they got his coat and they killed the beast and they made the lie. We're going to report it to the father that, you know, he's dead and all. And then here come some people from Egypt. Or rather, here come some people who sold him into Egypt. And he ends up at Potiphar's house. And so if you would take that seat over there, you must first be prepared for what brothers and sisters will do to you. And some of you don't go over there because you don't have the temperament to survive what the brothers will put on you. You don't have the temperament to deal with a deacon bowl. I had a preacher tell me the other day, I decided to give God his church back. <laughs> what he's saying is, I have discovered that there is more than glamour in Joseph's feet. Have to have temperament. And so he ends up at Potiphar's house and the book says, and the Lord was with Joseph. God has an amazing way of speaking to you. Here you are sold into slavery down in Egypt. And God said, I'm with you. <laughs> Here the church has just turned down your vision that you got from God. And the Lord says, I'm with you. No wonder you ought to turn around like Gideon and say, well, if thou art with me, why don't you show some signs? <laughs> I think it was Sandra Ray who said that uh, the Lord told uh, his prophet that I have 7,000 who have not yet bowed to Baal. 
Sandy Ray said, the prophet said, but I ain't seen none of them. <laughs> God has a strange way, doesn't he? And so he ends up at this uh, captain's house. He ends up at this very influential house down in Egypt. God has a strange way of getting your way. He wants you to. And he presents to me my second problem with Joseph. See, not only must you be prepared for the envy, the jealousy, and sometimes it gets so thick, you can feel it as you ride down the streets. Sometimes you go to preacher's meeting on Monday morning and you're just so anxious to tell them how the Lord blessed you on Sunday. You're just so anxious to show, tell them how the Lord's Spirit poured out on you. And how you took in 30 or 40 and baptized 20 and got a whole lot of money. But you discover they already know it. And they ain't even speaking to you. You say, hi, yeah, all right, fine, glad to see you. They can give you that cold shoulder quick, can't they? It's amazing how blessings and prosperity of one brother makes another brother envious. When if you just wake up and understand, we're all playing on the same team. So if you make a score, we score. If you win, we win. We're not individually building the kingdom of God. We're all building the kingdom of God. We ought to learn lessons from football players. If you got a man that can run that ball, then block for it. Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. I don't have no gift of slain in the Spirit. I'm not, I'm not even aware of what it is. But I got some Negroes that I'm sending over to a church that the preacher does have. And I want him to slay them because I can't do nothing with them. Don't slay them. You get through slaying them, keep them over there. It might take that. Everybody might not say, here am I, Lord. Somebody may have to be knocked down at noonday. Don't sit over in that seat if jealousy gets next to you. You have to be of the temperament to live with jealousy, to live with envy, to live with strife, to love people when you know they hate your gut. And if you can't do it, don't sit there. Don, you have to learn how to live with preachers in Washington. Stand up. Who, when they see you, come, come here, let me give you an illustration. Come over here, stay right there, Don. I'm demonstrative today. You got to live with people who are standing over here talking about, yeah, that's me over there. You know, daddy gave up. I walked towards her. And you know, that, I'm going to. Oh, Brother Don! Hello, Brother Don! Bless you! Just talking about you, Brother Don! And he ain't lying, he was just talking about it. And if you can't take it, don't sit here. And some of the very same folk 
who block you and talk about you and organize against you. Don't sit here if you can't get up at midnight and go help them out. There are a lot of things I want when I get to heaven. But one of the things I want, Bishop, is I want to be understood. Because I've never had that. I don't care what I've done. I don't care what my intentions were. I have never been understood. There's always a crowd. they got a group going now. Organized to stop heal. I ain't bothered nobody. But if you can't take it, don't sit there. Well, let me rush. Oh, my God. In order to sit here, you have to handle the woman problem. And I guess you women, it's the same thing. I just haven't been one of y'all, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But in order to sit in Joseph's seat, you have to handle the woman problem. Now, don't, don't get mad at me. This is just a joke. And God made the land and everything rested. And God made the beast and they rested. And God made man and he rested. And God made woman. And since then ain't nobody rested. <laughs> That's just Joe. A lot of truth in it. It says, as Joseph was going through the house and taking care of Potiphar's business and honoring his master, it says, and Sister Potiphar cast her eyes. <laughs> now, y'all claim it's the men who do the eye cast. But since my wife has been dead, I've learned that these women cast their eyes. And they don't only cast their eyes. Thursday morning after the Wednesday when I buried my wife's remains, I buried my wife's remains on a Wednesday, Thursday morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, three, now nobody calls me after 11 o'clock unless it's an emergency. And I've taught my church what ain't no emergency. <laughs> if your mama die after 11 o'clock, don't come calling me. She'll be just... She'll be just as dead at 8 o'clock the next morning as she is now. <laughs> Don't come calling me. And you know, folk like to call you and describe. They said, Pastor, at the last moment, she threw her head back, her eyes fell forward. And then all the rest of the night, now I've got to see eyes coming forward and all.
hear this woman, not 24 hours after I said ashes to ashes, dust to dust, I preached my wife's funeral. I buried her remains. I stood at the head of that casket and told God, you're the only one could take her from me. I give her back. And this woman, the very next morning, at 3 o'clock in the morning, oh, hello, Elder Hill, praise the Lord. I said, now, first of all, she said, did the Holy Spirit just say something? No, he didn't. <laughs> I was asleep, and he knows I was asleep. And he ain't told you nothing to tell me, because he knows I was asleep. She said, oh, no, 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 the Holy Spirit just spoke. You see, I'm the woman who visited your church a couple of weeks ago with that great big blue hat on. Yeah, I said that five folks couldn't see me because she said, yeah. She said, well, I found out now because that morning I came to your church. The Spirit said, that's your husband. But I was confused because you were already married. But now I understand. I said, I understand you crazy. And I'm fixing to hang up this phone. And from that beginning, all the way to videotape, 19-year-old girl sent me a videotape with no questions to be asked. And she said, now this is drastic, but I'm drastic. And I've got cassettes and videotapes. And then a woman offered me $2 million. She said, she said Reverend, I have a million dollars in property. I have a million cash. Take it and be my husband. I said, sugar. No feet warm. It can buy electric blankets, but it can't. I'm worth more than $2 million. She said, how much are you worth? Love. And I said, and then I want to tell you, the woman who chases me won't catch me. I do my own chasing. I used to hunt rabbits, and I ain't never got no rabbit that jumped up in my lap talking about, you caught me. He who sat in Joseph's feet must handle the woman's situation. And the woman's situation is a situation that man finds it difficult to handle. And thank God for men who find it difficult to handle. I'm against these men who don't find it difficult. I kind of like men who kind of get stirred when they see a 36, 26, 36 pass by. I'm just worried about these men who get stirred when they see another man walk. <laughs> you got to handle that woman situation. And that woman situation does not necessarily involve you being a woman chaser. It involves women in churches who are men chasers. And they know our weakness. They know how to pull it at the exact point. They know how to strut and they, they, they know how, but you got to handle it. The Christian church ministry has to handle this woman problem. 
Got to handle it. And there are several reasons you have to handle it. First of all, we need the testimony. Sheep ought to be safe around shepherds. I remember when I was a young pastor and I was going to a congress and there was a 19-year-old girl going as one of our delegates and somebody brought up the question, now who's going to chaperone her? I said, I am. And I wasn't but 23. I said, I am. They said, but, uh, you know, you, 23-year-old young pastor with a 19-year-old girl, she's all right. Ain't nobody in this church better than I am in taking care of the sheep. Sheep are saved with the shepherd. And we've got to establish that. He who would be ruler over all Egypt, he who would be ruler of the people and of the land, must handle the woman problem. We need the testimony, but not only that, that's the only way you can keep church in order. Because if there is a woman in your church that has your past, You can't tell her to sit down. When Potiphar got home and asked Joseph about it, he said, oh, no, 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 I haven't had nothing to do. And Sister Potiphar said, but I got your pants. Here's the evidence. Here's the evidence. We've been together somehow or another because here's your pants. And brothers, when they can say, here is your pants, you can't tell them, sit down. They'll say, who are you talking to? And God be praised, I've been pastor of the Mount Zion Baptist Church now 29 years, and I don't have a woman that I can't say, sit down. And I mean now. Don't come rolling your eyes down here, I'll pick them up and roll them back at you. And one of the problems of our churches is that we have too many women who cannot be brought to order by the pastor. Because you got your past. Falsely, she accused Joseph. And here this brother who done been in the pit, now on his way to the cellar to the jail. God has a strange way of getting you where he wants you to be. And at the same time, he got the baker in trouble so that he could get down there with Joseph so Joseph could tell him his dream. But in order to sit in this seat, you have to work your heart out. You have to bless people. You have to do for people and have the temperament of accepted it when people forget you. Call that baker to be restored to his job. Baker said, I'm not going to ever forget you. And he forgot him. And brother pastors, in this work, how many people would be in this church right now that brother Mears has blessed? if they hadn't forgotten. I mean, you can get them out of jail, you can get them out of hospital, you can bury their mama, you can do anything. They will forget you at the graveyard. And if you don't have that temperament, 
If you're the kind of person that, well, I just can't work with people and then people never think of you and never show their appreciation, don't sit over there. Anybody hearing me today? Because I'm going to tell you, after 35 years as a pastor, they will forget you. No matter what you've done, they will forget you. But by the grace of God, here comes God giving him the interpretation of a dream. Then here comes God causing Pharaoh to have one. Then finally here comes the baker saying, I know where just the man is. Well, go get such a man. And he brings him up and he gives him the dream. Amen. And when he gives him the dream, he says, My God, I need somebody to put over all of this. You're the one. And this is when he crowns him with this chair and makes him ruler over everybody and sits him down there. But don't sit here yet. Because there's even a greater test. And that is when you come to power, when you have strength and might in your hand, when you are placed in the king's chair, when you can raise your hand and folk will die, one morning the very folk who left you in the pit will be before you. Very folk who lied on you will be standing right before you and you will know them but they won't know you and you got the power to send them to hell but the person who sits here has to look at enemy's face and say what's the problem I had a person to do something mighty dirty to me. Well, they look like they're doing it quite frequently. <laughs> and I decided I, I wasn't going to take it. So I got all of my boys on the telephone across the country. And they said, Pop, we ain't going to take that. I can do this in, in, in Baltimore. Somebody says, I can cut him in Detroit. Somebody else said, I can handle him in Chicago. Other ones say, I got him covered in Miami. And I said, that sounds mighty good. I said, it looked like only Texas is needed. And somebody says, well, call Pat. You know, Pat's in, in Houston, Jackson, Houston. And EK is in Dallas. That's enough. I said, all right, let's, let's get him. And I said, and I want him fixed so he will not rise again in this world. Now, the reason some of y'all thinking that I'm not Christian is because your heart has never been pierced until it bled. You've never been handled so dirty that you never... You wonder, how could a man do it? And so I got all of my assassins ready. 
when you sit in this seat, often people who left you in the pit comes before you. And you have to have the temperament to ask how are they getting along? What in the devil you care about how they're getting along? That's your enemy. And then I went to my favorite prayer after I got it all set up. And I read over there, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me according to thy righteousness. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, Brother Hill. How you want to be delivered? I said, according to thy righteousness. He said, well now, what about all this assassination plan? That ain't my righteousness. I said, but Lord, don't bring that up. No. <laughs> That's an earthly mundane thing that we have to take care of. I'm... <laughs> oh! And he said, I asked you again, you going to take care of it or would you like for me to deliver you according to my rights? And I said, Lord, but he hurt me. He said, it's a funny thing, Hill. I've never told you how many times you've hurt me. And yet every time you come before me, I asked you how you get along. I said, all right, God, I hear you. I got back on the phone, got Pat back on the phone, got EK. I said, the, the assassin is called off. They said, well, why? I mean, we can get him. We'll... I said, no, it's called off. Because he who sits in Joseph's seat must have the temperament. You've got to have the power. You've got to have the grace. And the forgiveness to let somebody come before you who needs you, who has to have you, who won't be able to make it unless you help them, and you know who they are. You've got to sit there and say, and do you have a daddy? How's he doing? Why don't you bring him on down here? Then you have to go in and say, Pharaoh, my family's coming. I wonder would you make room for them? Make room for them. Well, just two quick points. To sit in this seat, you've got to have, you've got to be of the temperament. And you have to have whatever it takes, Bishop, to build this church. Fill it up with people. Pay for it. And then let people come up. They don't even know who you are. But the book says there rose a Pharaoh that didn't even know Joseph. Saved Egypt from starvation. 
and there rose a Pharaoh. And you're pastoring churches and you're giving your blood and you're putting your money back in it and in a few years you're going to be dead and a few days after that folk going to come around and not even know your name. And you can't save yourself. You have to do it. W.P. Carter died when he became pastor of Calvary Church in Santa Monica. They were in a tent. When he left them, they had a $2 million building, money in the bank. They wouldn't even pay for his funeral. They wouldn't pay for his hospital bill. We had to get together and do that. And the trustees, three months later, voted to rename the educational building, to chip his name off of it. Now, if you can't take that, don't sit here. You come along, my these folk go remember me throughout eternity. <laughs> folk gonna come in and I'm so sick of the name Mills, Mills, Mills. I'm so sick of it. And ain't nothing you can do. But it is said that when Israel got ready to leave Egypt and go to the promised land, that somebody was over here with some shovels. They heard them digging and digging got them a sack. They said, what on earth are y'all doing? These are Joseph's bones. We're going to carry them with us. Oh God. If when you give the best of your service, telling the world that Savior is God. Don't be dismayed. If men won't believe you, understand and say, well done. Oh, when I come to the end of my journey, weary of life and my battle is won. I'll be carrying the staff and the cross of redemption. Oh, hallelujah. Can't quite tell what's going to happen to me while I'm down here. I hope I won't, but I might fall in shame. I might fall in hell. But one glad morning, God is going to raise me up. He's going to remember my bones. And in that great getting up morning, hallelujah, hallelujah, with all the saints of God shall gather home, we'll tell the story.
It is. That is. There is Joseph. But I wouldn't rush up here. I wouldn't encourage a whole lot of young folk to rush up here. I would encourage you to consider the vicious wickedness of human nature, the limitations of your own strength and the strength of women and men who would destroy you, people who will forget you. I would ask yourself the question, can you build a church like this and give it your life's blood and then walk away and people who come on after you 20 years from now won't even know you and care less. And some of them will intentionally do what you taught them not to do. And if you can't take that, don't sit here because this seat is for Joseph. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Dr. E.V. Hill this morning and uh, Joseph's seat. And it's not just for preachers. This is not just for preachers. This is for what they call lay members. This is for members who uh, they don't have a title of uh, pastor or evangelist. You know, they may, <clears throat> excuse me. It may uh, sit on the finance uh, committee, you know, the finance ministry. It may be a deacon in the church. All of this still uh, represents you because of this. You yet got to work to be faithful at. Just because you're an usher, that don't mean the work is not serious. Yeah, just because you're an usher, that don't mean that your work is not important as the pastor. It's just as important. So a lot of times, people are going to go through these things. Yeah. You, you've done all you can for the ministry, for the people in the ministry. And they really have nothing for you when you get older, as an older preacher, as an older usher. When they had an usher anniversary, they may and may not recognize you. When they have the church and pastor's anniversary, they may or may not recognize you. But you get in Joseph's seat, and they will forget you. This is why we got to remember, where is the love? We, we got to keep that love going. See, the love will cause you to dig up Joseph's bones and move them to a better place where he'll be remembered. Love will cause you to go by Mother Priestley House uh, because she's older now. She's not walking like she used to. Nobody feel like she need to come to church. They need like need feel like she need to stay home and sleep because every now and then she nod off in the church service. Where is the love that will cause us to go over there and visit Mother Priestley and encourage her? I remember Carlton Pearson saying he went to the nursing home to see the mother. 
and she didn't remember too much who he was, Bishop Blake, and a bunch of other stuff she didn't remember. But she did remember the noise that they made in the Church of God in Christ. The jumping and shouting, the praising to the upbeat music. Yeah, because she told him they're making noise in him, but it ain't our kind of noise. Yeah, Mother Sherman, that was her name. And he said she had lost the teeth and uh, some other things. He asked the mother, where are your teeth? She said, I don't know. <laughs> because all of that wasn't important to her anymore. See, when you're younger, you care about your appearance. You're trying to impress. Uh, you want the man to see you got long nails, long hair. You keep your hair done. You got the outfit on like everybody else got on in the fashion world because you following the trend and the fads. That's when you're younger. When you get, well, I'm going to say this. When you get saved, sanctified and Holy Ghost here, all that go out to wonder because you're no longer impressing nobody but God. You want Jesus to be impressed with you. Yeah, so many mornings you'll wake up and ask him to tell you what to wear for the day. Because you don't know. Because you're not trying to impress no more. You're just trying to be clean, hair clean, body clean, clothes clean, shoes clean, and going on out there and do what you do. Hallelujah. So he ended up singing a song with her, and she jumped right in. She knew the lines more than he did, Mother Sherman. He went to show us some love. Somebody remembered Mother Sherman. He said his, his godmother took him out to the nursing home to see Mother Sherman. Because, see, the godmama was sealed. And she knew the importance of showing the love. Yeah, she knew the importance of not forgetting Mother Sherman. If nobody else go see her, come on, God's son, we going to see Mother Sherman. If nobody else remember Brother Frank, Laura, me and you are going to remember Brother Frank. That's my goddaughter. Yeah. Where is the love? And Dr. E.B. Hill talked about Joseph C. A lot of people want to be in that seat now because they want to rule and reign over things. They want to tell people what to do. They want to look good and have the big ministry. The big church, I heard him talk about this. He said he had ordained over 121 ministers, but guess what? Everybody he talked to, and he had me screaming, even the ones who couldn't sell Jesus, had to have that big ministry. I've had people to come and tell me. Now, some of them told the truth. You got an international ministry, and it is. It has gone international. People from all over the world take a listen. But that was not my vision or my dream. That was not what I come here for. I come here for a small group to do the will of him that sent me. He increased the territory. He expanded things. Because when you're sitting in Joseph's seat, it's a hot seat. Folks going to lie on you. Let me tell you something. Those of you who have not gotten to the seat yet, and you don't even see yourself going to a seat. But God has ordained for you to sit in Joseph's seat. Before you get to the seat, they're going to lie on you. As soon as you say you got Jesus, you lied on, you cheated, you mistreated, you talked about, 
especially in your own home or in your own hometown. Could be in your own state. They don't have nothing for you, but I remember when. I remember when Bob used to sell that dope. <laughs> I remember when she used to wear them short dresses and them short shorts. Daisy Duke ain't have nothing on them. I remember when she used to wear the super tight and the heels. Looking like a prostitute. Yeah, I remember Bob. Bob ain't preaching nothing. God ain't living in her. Bob's still doing the work of the devil. Let them tell it. You're not honored in your own house or your own city or state. I'm just telling you, even sometime in the country. Because people have heard about you and what you did. Nobody believed. God sent you, but they believe in what the devil tell them. They over at a church where them people don't be, uh, where is the love? Where is the like? They don't even like you over there. They just after what you can do in there for a ministry and the money you can give. I'm just telling the truth. But we as true believers, we got to love one another. And we allow the wheat and the tattle to go together and we pray to God and he will do the separating. Because he said, vengeance is mine. We ain't got to worry about who's right and who's wrong. We just keep praying and obeying God. He got the situation under control. He got the answer to the solution. He got the solution to the problem. And he got the answers to the questions. Oh, yeah. But we got to show one another love. For God is love. Yeah. And if they don't have love, that's not God. I understand some tough love. I understand some things you get, has got to be said to you so that you can straighten up and fly right. But just on purpose, Barbara just personally hurting your feelings, that's not God. I don't care nothing about you. I don't pray for you. I don't think about you. That's not God. I want this faithful few to be uncommonly blessed. Every day, uncommon miracles come in your way as often as God's will is for them to come. Because my will would be for every second of the day that you be blessed with uncommon miracles. But not my will, but his will must be done. I want your children, whether they babies or grown, I want God to bless them, to save them, to sanctify them, to fill them. And let them come before you leave this earth and you hear their great testimony of how God made them over. These are your children, your grandchildren, your great grand. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because love is what love does. I may not be able to give to everybody, but I can give prayer. I can pray for you. And we do. Shante and I, in our prayer time each morning, we pray for those that come to Jesus in the morning. Those that even see the name Freedom Doors Ministries, we pray for you. And when we pray, we're not playing no games because we know not only does God hear, but he answers prayers. Yeah. And we want you to be blessed. We want you to have a good life. We know your trials come to make you strong, but even in the midst of the trial, if you take your mind off what you're going through and look for somebody to love, somebody to bless, your trial will end quicker, faster, 
and you'll get the lesson out of the trial. But it's got to be something in us. The Spirit of the Lord will cause us to love right. When we come here, we will get what God has given us. Not sitting up in our natural minds and natural flesh trying to receive from a spiritual God. You'll never get it. But if you come here with a spiritual mind, seeking God and not Barbara, you're seeking God. You're not coming here to see, well, what they talking about today? Who done did something? Nosy. Busybody. Gossiper. If that's what you come for, you, you'll never receive. But if you come here looking for God and, and looking to receive from him, he won't disappoint you. But we got to come out of our flesh and let God be the ruler. His spirit will move. Yeah. And you will find yourself all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The studio is open. If anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free to put press that number one and come in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So look, we're going to this one right here. Do I have Todd too low? All right, wait a minute, y'all. Yeah, lately I had to up and down it.
God is going to send somebody to escort us on over. Yeah, you don't have it to worry about. You don't have it to worry about. Yeah, you're just not going to close your eyes and go. But he'll make sure that you're comfortable. You're not afraid to come over. Hallelujah. What an awesome God. Yeah, I had to do some working on it, Brother Louis, because it was too low. And I was trying to work on that, and it wouldn't go up. So finally, I changed it to another song, and complete sound come back. Thank you, Sister Jerry, for calling me. Yeah. Uh, the studio is open. If anyone has something they would like to say, we still have lots of time. And uh, you can uh, call in, press that number one, and I'll see your light come on in the studio and bring you right in. But, yeah, Joseph's seat. We got to be careful where we want to sit. Some people want to be in the spotlight, but you're not prepared to be there. Yeah. You can't handle what's coming your way. Yeah. I can remember, and I often share this with you. I had to call the pastor wife to the side. The Lord told me, don't tell her that in front of everybody. Now, she up in front of everybody saying what she's saying, but don't you say that nothing. Don't you say nothing in front of the congregation. Call her to the side. So I had to call her to the side and let her know, this is not what you want. You see them five kids you got, if one, you lost one, you would have a heart attack. So how about if you had eight and lost all eight, what would you do? You couldn't take it. So to whom much is given, much is required. What God has given to me, he didn't give it to you. And what he gave to you, he didn't give it to me. Because we can't bear a lot of times the same burdens. Yeah, your burden is a bit heavier than mine, and my burden is a lot heavier than yours, so we can't do it. We got to do what the people say and not stay in your lane. Do what it is God called you to. Hallelujah. You know what he chose you for. Obey what he chose you for. Don't worry about the next person. Their burdens are too heavy for you. Yeah, and I'm good today. In Jesus' name. All right, Brother Anthony, coming at you right now. Good morning. God bless you, sir. How are you? Bless. How the favor. Good morning, Miss Buffett. Good morning, everybody listening this morning. First of all, I want to give thanks to God for allowing me to see another day. I thank you for the activity of my limb. Thank you for what you're doing in me, where you brought me from, where you're taking me at. And I'm just thanking for who he is in my life. And uh, just bless the be here another day to hear y'all voice and y'all hear my voice and I thank God for the word that went forth as well, you know, just encourage me to, you know, stay focused and you know, know that, you know we're going to have distractions in life, but you know we just, our main thing is just to focus on what God got for us, you know and, you know, be be obedient and be be able to be humble, you know, and end it and watch as well as pray, so you know, it just bless me with the word, and you know, I just ask that y'all just continue to pray for me, my strength in the Lord, and that I walk according to God's will for my life in this season and the seasons to come. And I pray for y'all, and y'all pray for me, and uh, y'all have a blessed and mighty weekend. Amen. 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 God bless you. But Louis, say hey, boy. <laughs> How you doing, brother Louis? Sister Jerry and everybody, Sister Irene, after we forgetting about her. Yeah. So we just thank God this morning and we give him glory, honor, and praise to Brother Anthony for all he has done for all of us. 
and body yes, things and to wake us up each morning. I know we just take it for granted because we so, oh, that's a great thing to wake up. Close in our right mind. And I give it a limb. Hallelujah. We may not have all we want. Oh, but he gave us enough. We could wake up. We could get up. And so we're thankful unto him. Hallelujah. I'm going to mute your mic, Brother Anthony, and bring Sister Jerry in right quick. Good morning, Sister Jerry. God bless you. How are you? Good morning, Sister Barbara. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well, It just, you know, sometimes you just have to know what seat God done put you in as well. Mm -hmm. I'm letting them know, you know, this morning I woke up and God had to chastise me. He said, Jerry, why are you so anxious and getting up and trying to do this? I have given you rest. You're no longer in that seat over there, Miss, 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 move around. Sit back and relax. Mm-hmm. I've sent you the person for Calvin. He, You're no longer responsible for him. I don't care what he in that house doing. Pretend like you're not there. When I was 19, I was thought I was ready to be the manager of the department. Now, this lady, she don't even know what she's doing. Don't even know how to work this computer. Look at her. Thought I was ready, but God knew I needed more training. So I went to the boss who favored me, and she said, "Jerry, you 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 smart and you good, but I want you to learn from Sister X over there for a minute. She's good, and I need you to get grant and get all of her knowledge. She don't really know nothing. Blah 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 blah." Stay in your lane until I get ready. I'm going to send you to uh, IRS school. I'm going to send you to the IRA school. I'm going to send you to uh, special schools for, for, for training. I'm going to get you your license. Does she have hers? Jerry, not yet. You're not ready. I'll go back in the office and see her just sitting there smoking and carrying on because in those days you could smoke in the office. And she talked to people all kind of ways. My manager said, just keep on being you. Patience. Patience. By the time I was 29, I had my license, annuity license. I had my savings license. And then one day, my manager came in. She said, Jerry, you and ex come in my office. I'm still thinking like... I don't mean to do all this. I'm all this. And she still ain't promoted me. Uh, Sister Fudge, I'm going to demote you and put Jerry over you. She has tried hard and got her license and all, plus she has great customer service skills. I was like, oh, finally I'm the manager now. No, you still wasn't mature enough. She says, but I'm going to remain both of you all's managers. So, Ruth, you'll be working with Jerry. Jerry, you'll be handling the management of the department. I'm uh, putting 14 people up on you, Jerry, just to see how you can handle that. Now, remember, I'm only 29 yet, but I'm thinking I'm 80. I I know everything. (laughs) But I had to learn how to handle people. Not everybody learned at the same speed, and by that time, God gave me Al and Calvin, 
who is special needs, which takes a lot of patience. So I had to come home and learn patience. So when I went to work, I would look at some of the people that were struggling harder than others. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't think I want this management stuff. You got to have patience. You got to talk to them a certain kind of way. By the time I'm 39, I'm doing the patience because I'm understanding it better. You got to go through stages because you're not ready for what you think you're ready for. Really, at the age of 45, the manager came and she says, now, Jerry, you ready to be the manager, and I'm giving you 250 people to manage. Wait, 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 wait. I don't think I'm ready for all that. She said, no, not Jerry, who's ready for everything. No, I think I need more training. I first need to go to some management classes. I think I need to go over here to learn some more because I'm not. You will know when you're ready for something because you will know you need more training in something. And don't just jump at the opportunity because it's given to you. I went to a lot of classes, and it wasn't until I was 49 before I said, yes, I'm ready to take on the 250 employees. Yes. I'm ready to be the type of management that they deserve. Yes. But before I did any of that, I had to learn people's skills. Not everybody learned the same way. And thank God for the two special needs he gave me because, woo, woo, that was hard. But it made me become a manager, and it made me understand not everybody learns at the same speed. So like Pastor said, that's a seat. Be careful before you jump in it. It may look easy, but it's a lot of work, Barbara. Your seat you in, that's a hot seat. Try to be in your seat. Yeah. It's too hot. I might tease you and say, oh, Barbara, you ain't buying nothing. <laughs> but you do ain't buying nothing. No, 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 no. That's a hot seat. I'm not trying to get there. And most people would say the seat I'm in is a hot seat. Oh, Jerry, I can't do what you do. We all got our call and our purpose. Your purpose, Bob, is to serve the people. I'm still working on my purpose. At night now, before I go to sleep, I found this on YouTube of prayers. Give them prayers that put you to sleep. Mm -hmm. They are wonderful. When I wake up in the morning, my phone is already dead because I've listened to the prayers all through my sleep. The prayers of the righteous. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But thank you, Father, for allowing that hot seat is just what it says. Yes, and she said, are you ready for the hot seat, Jerry? At 19, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I ain't ready for nothing. He barely know how to drive down the street. <laughs> Thank you, Papa, yeah. for guiding me along the way, because I'm not ready for what you do. Mm-hmm. I'm just not you, Papa. Yeah. Oh, we just had to go to school together, but I had to go to the principal. You want to sit down in the chair and get your lessons. Mm-hmm. I know everything. Oh, look at that over there. Look at that. Man, Papa. We don't even have to worry about that. We already know that, don't we? I would say, no, I'm trying to learn it. But you already know it. Come on. 
And because I'm disrupting the class, Barbara Tickets at the office, there's so many here trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Got to have the last word. Some of them already know it. Get out of here, Jerry. Just get out. So thank you. God will tell you when it's your time, Barbara. Mm-hmm. He will. But you got to go through some changes. I've gone through something with these children, some storm and some storms and some rain. But now it's my time to sit back like the lady told me today. Miss Jerry, just sit back. I'm here now. I'm not taking your job. It's time for you to relax. Mm-hmm. Let your nerves come and come together. That's when you got a little nerve damage. Sit back. Relax. You ain't got nothing to do in this house. Nothing. You don't have to cook. You don't have to clean. You want something? Ask me. I'll give you a sandwich. I'll fix you a plate. All thing you have to do is relax. And look like the relaxing is scaring you. So I got to pray about that, Barbara, because I think the relaxing is scaring me. I wake up with nothing to do. I'm like, oh, well, what about this? What about that? Relax. And relax. Thank you for that, that pastor today. Wife wasn't dead 24 hours. Your phone rang at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Not he who runs him down gets the husband. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <that ain't it. laughs> my, my. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I didn't believe people come at you that, like that. But oh, after my yeah. husband died, I had people knocking on my door. Two of them at the same time. I'm like, I didn't even ask the door. I said, oh, I'm not even home. <laughs> oh, we hear the social control. Oh, okay, I'm good. I'm good. That's why I got used to staying in the house. They started knocking your door down. You ain't married a man three days, and they knocking your door down. Mm-hmm. Who does this? The devil. That's right, Bob. And they was his friends. They were his best friends. Oh, they wasn't his friends. They were associates, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. They would come around to the barbecue and laugh and play cards. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. But that afternoon, I mean, two of them was knocking. And one of them asked the other, what you doing here? He said, I'm here to, to, to come from this crowd. What you here? The same thing. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I would just look at them on the camera and go, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Then they had the nerve to call me. I said, oh, I'm not home. I'm not, I'm not at the house that you're looking for me at. That's what I said. I didn't say I wasn't home. I'm not at the house that you're looking for me at. Well, we'll come on over there. Where you at? I'm not taking company right now. 24 oh, yeah. hours. <laughs> Yep. People don't care. People don't care today. They after what they after. I, I I got a situation I'm looking at and I I got to pray about it because I know God gonna move and when he move on it it's gonna be something serious and they're not gonna be ready for this. But people come together just to have new cars, uh, a decent house, uh, a few dollars in the bank. A boat, you know, uh, a Hummer, uh, whatever they want. 
No love, no love. But we making this money together and we can have what we want together. You got a decent income. I got a decent income. We can have things. I I can't see that. I, I can't see that that's real in life. If I need you just to have a car, I, I'd rather do without it and get you because get with you because I love you and I care. And because I love you and I care, we're going to strive more. And we may not have a brand new car, but we'll have each one of us will have a decent car. People don't see all of this. And, and we may live in the project, but as long as we're together, we may have a hut with two palm trees, but as long as you and I are together, that's all that should matter. But people don't care. Yeah, they they done lost the gift of caring, I call it. Mm-hmm. And today what I see is money, 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 money. And some reasons I see it like this and people, you know, are after it because they're trying to survive, they say. They're trying to live because the prices of everything going up, up, up. But look, if we went on our knees to God, just like he fixed it for me that I can eat and do whatever I feel like I want to do, he will do it for you. But you got to stop being the reason that you're doing everything for yourself and let go and let God have his way. Margaret told me this. She said, Barbara, what I remember you for is you will always tell me, let it go. Because if you're going to pray, what you holding on to it for? you still holding it. Now, if you don't give it to God, he can't fix it. If you're going to keep it, he cannot fix it. Put it on the altar and walk away. Look for somebody you can help. And watch God take care of your stuff. Have patience for him to wait now. Have the patience to wait. And when he gets through whatever this is, it can never come back in that way ever again. Because he mm-hmm. has fixed it. And it's already all right this morning. But you got to let it go. Yeah. And sometimes you got to let people go. You're trying to hold on to them kids. You're trying to hold on to them grandkids. I'm trying to hold on. I, I'm a mute my sister Jerry. I, I'm trying to hold on to my husband. I'm holding on. They, they're trying to go. And you need to let them go. But it's a familiar place. It's a familiar thing. So you trying to, no, no, I, I'm not trying to hold on. I let it go and I'm moving on. Because if I'm in God and he in me and I got the spirit of God living in me, the spirit going to lead in God. The spirit going to tell me, let this go. God will speak and say, let it go. We won't do it. And we'll say, that's the devil telling us that because we want what we want. But if you go to the altar and put anything on the altar, you back up from it, leave it on the altar with God and look around. Who can I help today? You know, I ain't called my friend Gail in a long time. I'm going to just call her. And you and Gail, you got coffee, Gail got tea, and y'all on the phone and talking about the old days. And when you look around, God done fixed that thing for you because you let it go. I'm trying to let go. I done had people tell me I let it go and still doing the same thing. You ain't let nothing go. I'm talking about walk away from it. Forget it. A lot of times I done prayed for things and forgot what I prayed for. I'm telling you the truth now. And when God do it, I'm looking. 
And then he have to remind me, you asked me to do this, didn't you? <laughs> yes, Lord, I did. Because when I put give it to him, I go on. No need of me keep fooling with it, worrying with it. I can't do nothing with it, but he can. And I gave it to the one who can do something with it. Hallelujah, Jesus. And it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hello, solar landlord. God bless you this morning. Thank you for stopping by. Yeah. And that's what we got to do. Let go. Stop holding on to stuff you can't do nothing with but make the problem worse. You're stressed out and worried yourself. Now you're in the middle or in the hospital on the mental floor. Oh, well, what? And the problem's still there. Are you kidding me? You done started drinking. Yeah. And the problem's still there. We got to let go and let God have his way. You've been waiting a long time for God to bless you. So today, let it go and let God have his way in your life. Pray for strength. See, I pray for strength. I ask God to strengthen me while his will is being done in my life. Because again, this morning, it's not my will, but his will must be done. So, Lord, strengthen me that I can endure your will being done in my life. Yeah, I, I know you sent me. And in Joseph's seat, there's a lot of things going to happen. And before you get to Joseph's seat, a lot of things going to happen. Didn't you see they sold him into slavery? This is before he took the seat next to the king. They sold him into slavery. He ended up at Potamus' house. Potamus' wife lied on him. He ended up in prison. All of this is before he took his seat. And I'm sure other trials come after he took the seat. Not everybody liked him. Everybody don't love the pastor. Everybody don't love the bishop, the apostle, the evangelist. Mm -mm. No. Because everybody that go to the house of prayer is not for prayer, and they're not for the house, and they're definitely not for God. They don't even believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. They got some other agenda on their mind. They're going over there to see. See what you wore this week. See how many people come into the altar. I mean, they're putting their name on the roll call, what they call joining the church. They come to see if the roof is still leaking. Did they had the money to fix the window that was kicked out? Whatever the reason is, I'm just saying some things, but whatever the reason is, it's not God. And then you got a lot of people invite people to the building, but they don't tell these people when you come, baby, come looking for God. Don't come looking at these people because you'll be disappointed. Because not everybody in here for God, but we going over here because God is over there. And the man, the woman over the house is full of God. So we're not looking at people. We going seeking God for what we need. I've had people tell me, oh, you don't need nothing. Oh, but I do. I need Jesus. <laughs> I need him every minute, every second, every hour. Yeah. I'm striving for perfection in God. I want to obey him. I want to do what's pleasing and acceptable unto him. 
I want to love people, the good, the bad, and the ugly. My enemies, the whole thing, whatever he said, that's what I want to do. And I don't want to put the word but in there because that separates everything. Ain't no but. There is no but. Yeah. And for my country people, yeah, I say ain't. You know me. <laughs> I love it. Hallelujah, Jesus. But we got to just get real in God and, and expect from him. Yeah, we got to expect from him. Lord, I expect you to give me a clean heart. I expect for you to renew the right spirit within me. I expect for you to show me the way to go the right path. Because he's going to keep us safe if we follow him down the right path. There are no snakes down there. Uh, no bear, no lion, no tiger's going to jump out because you're on that straight and right path. It's clean. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, is there anyone else I have something they would like to say? If not, I will pray us out this morning, and we'll go to our last song of the morning. And we pray that the Lord bring us back Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the morning. Bring a friend. Tell a friend to call in with you. I had two two guys that used to call in and call the other friends, and they put the phone on mute so they could hear me, but I couldn't hear them. And they would be, he said, we would be chopping it up. Well, what you think about what she said on this? Well, I think this is it. Well, the scripture said, she said the scripture. Yeah, they would do that kind of thing in the morning over their coffee and, and, and pancakes and things. It would tickle me. Yeah. God is good. All right. So no one else have anything they would like to say. We have a few minutes. I will pray us out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father God, we thank you for all that has been said and done. Thank you, Lord, for Joseph's feet. Thank you for the love. Where is the love? Father, we found it in you. And we ask this morning as we depart that, Father, you would bless us to share your love with others to love them enough that we don't want nobody to perish and go to hell, same as you. Father, this weekend, I ask that you would bless your people with uncommon blessings, uncommon miracles. Give them uncommon favor like never before. This weekend, bless their family and friends near and far. Move in their households, God. Let your anointing go through and cast out what shouldn't be there in the name of Jesus. Move by your spirit. Father, I ask that you would bless those that stand in the need of money. Money answers all things. It's the love of money, Father, your word says, that's the root of all evil. So this weekend, bless your people with uncommon finances in the name of Jesus. Remind us, Lord, to lift up your name wherever we go. For if you be lifted up, you'll draw all men unto you. Father, we ask that you would strengthen us and allow us to... When we hear the Holy Spirit, and God, we will allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us because it's leading us into all truth. It's reminding us of things we've forgotten. Help us today, oh God. Bless each and every caller coming through the archives and the podcasts as well. Do it today in the name of Jesus. Bless our going out, our coming in. Father, continue to meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Again, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality.
quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed weekend. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you this weekend starting March the 24th, 2023 in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye. And again, have a blessed day. And uh, we're going to our last request song of the morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're grateful unto you. And we appreciate you this day. Mm-hmm.